just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Speaking of Influence podcast with virtual business speaker, presentation skills and influence coach, John Ball. Remember to like and subscribe. The Speaking of Influence podcast is uploaded and distributed using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it really easy to get your podcast started and out to a wide audience with lots of tips and useful tools to help you on your way. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes and start your podcast today. Welcome back for another episode. And I'm really happy to have with me someone who is undoubtedly a LinkedIn badass. When it comes to LinkedIn, she knows what she's talking about and she consults and advises people on how to get the most out of LinkedIn. So you're going to get some bang for your buck today with (laughs) my guest, Angela Dunce. Welcome to the show, Angela. It's really nice to have you with us. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about exactly what you do on LinkedIn. How do you help people? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I go to networking events when we used to do that sort of thing. And I would introduce myself as a LinkedIn consultant. And they're like, oh, my son is looking for a job. He needs you. Right. And there's a big part of me that just collapses <laughs> when that happens. What I do is I help small businesses and coaches and consultants build their business using LinkedIn. So I help them figure out ways to do professional branding and then stay visible. And there's lots of little tiny tips and tricks to converting using LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is not necessarily a purchasing platform but it is a decision-making platform, a relationship-building platform. And so anything that you can do to sort of grease the wheels of that relationship and trust and decision-making process, those are all fantastic uses for small business owners of LinkedIn. Absolutely. I I have found it to be an incredibly useful platform for networking. And I have noticed that I didn't used to use LinkedIn very much. And I think a lot of people were in that space. Like, unless you were looking for a job, then (laughs) or looking to hire someone, then you didn't really bother with LinkedIn that much. But everything changed. And I guess that had a lot to do with them being brought out by Microsoft. It's a very different site now. And of all the social media platforms, I actually prefer to spend my time on on LinkedIn now. Well, I have two stories to share with you about that super quick. So I don't have a website. It'll be launched later this month, early next month. I have built my entire business as a solopreneur using LinkedIn. And that's going back eight years. So it's 
always been a tool that can be used for business building, but it's a mindset shift that's happening right now. I'm, I'm sure that makes sense. It's, you know, a tool is a great thing and you can use it for lots of different things, but you need to have some skills around that yeah. and, and a belief. That makes sense. I mean, I think I only really started coming back to LinkedIn uh, when I'd heard a lot more people talking about it and even like following someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who a lot of entrepreneurs follow, I guess. And he was talking about LinkedIn and saying that this is where everything's happening now. And, and when I started coming back on and checking in, I started saying, yeah, I, I don't know if it's because of things that he's been saying, but it does seem to be that there's there's a lot more going on here now. I love following him because he really has some sharp insights. And he's saying that the window of opportunity on LinkedIn is wide open right now, like it was on Facebook about two to three years ago for building your business. Facebook has really fallen out of favor. I have a, a new friend. He has an organization called Awarepreneurs. So people who are solopreneurs that are trying to have impact um, in the world. And he has built his group around Facebook, and he's becoming a little bit more disgusted with the quality of people, the quality of the experience. And he has um, switched over mostly to all of his interactions on LinkedIn. And so he posted an update the other day about this transition. It's had 10,000 views in two weeks about what the difference in the quality of his interactions and the clients that he's getting. He says, now people just want to work with me one-on-one and they want the high-end package right off the bat. There's no quibbling. There's no negotiating about the price. (laughs) None of that sort of thing. It's just like, wow, this guy knows what he wants. He's professional. Let's go for it. Absolutely. Well, if you're going to go fishing, you need to fish where there are lots of fish. If you want to, well, and the kind that you're looking for. Absolutely, the kind that you're looking for. Yes. Yeah, so uh, rather than picking up the the little tiddlers, you want to be getting the the great big tuna. <laughs> you might need to go to the ocean. You just might. Well, this is great. And so, how specifically are you helping people on LinkedIn? What are the kinds of things that you will work with your clients and customers on? Well, I've I've switched most of my offerings. Um, Because of COVID, a lot of us can't really get our heads around committing to a long-term coaching commitment. Um, We we want little bite-sized things that we can get our heads around and work on. So I've shifted a lot of my offerings to group classes that are five and six weeks long. And those have been extremely popular. So the first one that I did was a content strategy class. So if you're using content to build that relationship, to stay top of mind, then how do you do it so that it's a value add to your target market and really speaking in their language um, about the concerns that they have? You know, posting just to post is noise and I do not recommend it. There's too much of that out there. Um, so so that was a five-week class that was very popular. We had so much fun. A lot of people had never posted and became very avid um, posters on LinkedIn. Um, and we created what we call a posting party. So it's just a string on LinkedIn. If somebody posts something, 
then everybody else will go in and like, comment, or share that post so that it gets amplified immediately. Right. Um, next class that I taught was on professional branding. So it's a little bit more of the focus on the profile. Now, no one wants to work on the profile. It's the least sexy thing you could possibly do on LinkedIn. Right. Um, but it's your biggest opportunity for conversion. You know, if you don't have a few pieces in place, people are like, next. Um, so really working on that professional branding and focusing in on talking directly to your target audience and using a lot of keywords. And there's so many tricks for optimizing your profile so that you come up at the very top in a search for whatever it is that you do. Great. Well, what are some of the tips that you could perhaps share with us now without, obviously you don't want to give away all your content, but uh, what are some tips that people might be able to start taking a look at and using pretty quickly? I think, I think the most overlooked opportunity is people's photo. I really do. Most of the photos on LinkedIn are awful. They're just awful. And I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when I first moved to San Francisco 10 years ago, there was an author that lived here in Marin County that I was dying to meet. And so I reached out to her on LinkedIn. She's like, sure, let's meet at a coffee shop and have coffee. I was so thrilled. I was so excited. So I went to Roma Cafe um, and I was there half hour early, you know, and waiting, 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 waiting. I walked through the cafe, couldn't find her. Finally, she walked up to me and she recognized me. Uh, now, her photo on LinkedIn was probably 10 to 20 years younger <laughs> with yeah. jet black hair. And she stood in front of me with hair as white as the driven snow and completely unrecognizable from her photo on LinkedIn. I could not pay attention to one minute of the conversation that we had for the next hour because I felt like I had been grossly deceived. Right. Trust was completely broken. She misrepresented herself and I, she no longer had any credibility at all. I, got, I gave away the books of hers that I had. Oh, wow. Yeah, it had a big effect. It had a big effect. So people really, you know, if your hair looks wild and out of place, get it cut and trimmed. Yeah. You know, if, if you wear glasses most of the time, rock your glasses in your photo on LinkedIn. Make yourself recognizable. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Yeah. It's really important. Good advice for LinkedIn and for dating profiles as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, misrepresentation there is rampant. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Uh, but uh, but it's, it's uh, almost the equivalent of getting catfished on LinkedIn, I suppose. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But yeah, hopefully, uh, it's in a professional setting, your your best profile has to be a, a recent a recent profile. And uh, I know a lot of people don't care much for keeping their profiles up to date, but I do think it is worth it. And, and I do think LinkedIn now is more set up to to highlight things from what, what you're maybe doing online, like your activity on LinkedIn. If you are someone who's regularly posting content, that people who come and visit your profile can come and check that out pretty quickly and see that you are the real deal or not. Is that if you're saying that I, 
for example, I've been connecting with a lot of people recently as a podcaster, looking for guests, looking to be a guest, looking to uh, just connect with, sometimes with a network with other podcasters. If someone comes and takes a look at my profile on LinkedIn and they can't see anything about podcast episodes or any videos from me or information from me, how are they going to take it seriously? So, so these yeah. keep the profile at least reasonably up to date is, is very important. The, the estimate from LinkedIn is that over 70% of your prospects look at your profile before they decide to engage with you or not. Yeah. And they are looking for credibility. Do you really do what you say you do? Or do you have six side gigs and you're that guy at a networking event that has to decide which uh, <laughs> business card to give somebody? What, what, who am I going to be today? <laughs> which <hat? laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not good. And one of the things when I, when I talked to people about uh, about content marketing before, especially my last guest, um, who I've mentioned to you, uh, John Esperian, um, who talks about being the same shape everywhere. And and I talked with our, our mutual friend Shelley Golden yesterday about that similar similar sort of thing. Because she was talking about that in terms of your image that you need to keep your image consistent yes. as possible everywhere that all these things are really important. You can't, you can't really have too many different hats. People will be a bit suspicious about it. And you may be seeing that we have a, an expression in, in England, about a, bit, a bit of a jack the lad, a bit of someone who does a little bit of everything, fingers in many pies and uh, not really expert on, on any one thing, just uh, uh, right. all sorts of different things. It doesn't help. People want specialization these days. Yes, and personalization. In marketing, we talk about cognitive dissonance. If you're sending out two different, too many different me messages, people get super confused and their brain kind of shuts down. We, we're not even aware of it. It's an unconscious decision, but you've broken trust and it's almost impossible to gain it back. Yeah. Well, one of the things I know uh, myself and, and possibly a number of people who are tuning in, I will be interested to know that how how do you start getting more progress with LinkedIn? I, I I do regular posting, I do daily videos and things like that, and getting some response to that and getting some following from that. But how how do you start turning things up to a higher level? Then um, you're playing the long game. <laughs> you know, you may have some short term wins along the way, and those encourage you to keep going. But when you're doing a posting strategy, a content strategy, you're really playing the long game. Right. And it's all about value and consistency. People want to see you all the time and they want to hear a similar message. Now, they don't want to know specifically about the goods and services that you have to offer. They want to know who you are. So your style of leadership, your style of delivery, um, your beliefs and values, they want to know that they have something they can identify with, with you. Is he like me? Does yeah. he feel the same things I feel? Does he encounter the same challenges that I do? If he doesn't understand me, he can't help me. So it's really talking about your struggles um, always thinking about what is that value add. And then someplace in the mix, you want to have some free or low cost offerings. So people really get a sample of who you are um, without a huge time or money investment. Yeah. 
So that's kind of the sweet spot there. And then when you get really good at it, when you start to get, you know, 400 to 1,000 and 2,000, you know, views of everything, you want to make sure that you interact with those posts. If they're just dead posts and you don't go back and interact with people and continue the conversation with people who comment, connect with people who are seconds that are commenting and sharing and liking your content. You know, I, my experience is if somebody is a new connection on LinkedIn, they are super interactive with my content because they're trying to get a sense of me. And so that is a tremendous opportunity for me to interact with them. What did you like about that post? You know, what's your opinion? You know, have you experienced that before? Just really engaging with those people. And that's really the generation. It is. And it's on the spot market research as well. It's many things. It's relationship building. It's showing that you care. It's, yeah, it's getting that market, that insider information on things. We have to ask for it. People aren't going to get it. We're busy. Getting interaction on LinkedIn is one of the more challenging things from my experience that uh, a lot of people like to just scroll by. And I know I've been doing daily videos for a while now. And um, and working on it's it's an evolution. It's always a work in progress, right? But I know that I've gone down from like sometimes three, no, three, five, seven, ten, fifteen minute videos down to doing ninety second videos because oh, that's good for you. Yes, yes, yes. What people are only really tuning into and making sure that I've got subtitles there and that it's kind of nicely packaged and trying to keep it looking fairly consistent as well. I mean, they, these are all pretty important things and, and you know and, yes. and i know that the evolution hasn't ended it will it will continue it's like we we all continue to to grow and learn and you know changing some of the style and focus from time to time something that you said to me when we had a chat uh, a few weeks back about about just having recording an episode together uh, that, that stuck with me and i really enjoyed was about really letting your freak flag fly <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. And, you know, the people that I see winning on LinkedIn are the ones that are flying their freak flag at full mast. And what do I mean by that? In my experience, a lot of people think they have to put on a persona when they come on to LinkedIn. Oh, now I have to be professional. I have to be this or that. Whatever their perception, their preconceived notion don't do that. Please don't do that. People aren't going to recognize who you are. They aren't going to see who you are in all of that. Don't take on a persona. Whatever your quirkiness is, whatever your individuality is, your personality, let it shine full on. Give it a spotlight. Give it a microphone. (laughs) Let it go. Yeah. This is uh, one of the things I often talk about with, with many of my coaching clients is the people are often very reluctant because your personal brand is part of how you niche really to some degree or niche, I should say. Yes. For our friends in America. But um, that, that it's super important to distinguish yourself in that way. It's like you may still attract business and clients by being a bit 
bland and middle of the road about things, but you won't get very far and you probably won't last until you allow your personality to to come out and, and shine through. And the fear is that it's going to lose your business. And yeah, it will, right? <laughs> it will lose you something. It'll be the wrong business for you. Yeah, exactly that. And, and so when when you're being your authentic self and letting that shine through, you will attract the right business for you, the people who say, I like you. But I think that thing in, is in people's heads, and I know I've had it as well, I think, yeah, but what if nobody, what if nobody likes me? And yes, there's always that fear. We are human beings. <laughs> and we have that self-consciousness. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, you hear coaches who are business development coaches talk about raving fans, right? If you're middle of the road, you will never have a raving fan. You'll be very unlikely to have very many referrals. But if you really stand for something, if you have a strong personality, a strong professional brand, you will have raving fans. I mean, look at Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has no qualms about letting his freak flag fly. And either you like him or you don't. And he doesn't care. But the people who are in his camp are his people. And he can serve them all day long in many different capacities. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely true. And uh, I, I said to you when we chatted last time about that uh, in conversations with some of the people I've been bringing on as guests, that people have been saying, you know, uh, a few people have pointed out that they were getting a sense that even for, for myself being a bit calm or a bit not fully myself that I'm maybe more natural sometimes more humorous outside of doing the podcast and so I'm thinking okay well I'm still working on that I'm still finding like how to bring all it that takes time it does it definitely does take time uh, and I hope I'm starting to do that more and more be because I'm less afraid I guess I'm less afraid of messing up um the podcasts are recorded anyway so i know that if i really do mess up i can edit at the very least but some part of me also would rather put out my mistakes and let people see it and think it's okay to make mistakes or it's okay to to figure these things out and to decide where you fit or uh, how your brand looks out in, into the world and getting getting that stuff out there I, I don't like to edit out too many of my mistakes unless it's a, a real bad screw up yeah, well and you know that is also something that makes us human and it isn't the mistake that's deadly it's how we deal with it right that is much more revealing to people you know, a post that's unpopular, you can always delete it. Sure. But it's it's really how you, you know, repost it and make a comment. It's it's how you deal with that that will reveal who you are as a professional and as a real person. Yeah, yeah I, I like that attitude. And I know that, um, that there are certain professional comedians, for example, who may poke fun at certain high-profile celebrities and other people, and and you'll see that some of them, some of the people who they maybe poke fun at, will take it in really good humor and think, yeah, this is funny. I I, I like it, and I can laugh at myself as well. And it's like, yeah, you, some of that is actually really spot on, and 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 they're really cool <laughs> with it. But some of them think that you know you you may as well have just um, 
bulldozed their home or something and they think it's horrific you wrecked you wrecked me you've uh, ruined my reputation it's like but it's no such thing it's like i think they damage their own reputation by not responding well to these things yeah your reputation is your own and a strong reputation cannot be ruined it can't it's bulletproof one comment is not going to change a strong brand. No, exactly. And and having a bit of a, a joke about who who we are or what we've done sometimes is is absolutely essential. And and to me, really, it shows that you know you kind of made it. If somebody's if somebody's making jokes about you, you're you're pretty much up there. <laughs> so. Characters, yes. Yeah, exactly. There's, I don't think there's uh, you know too too much that's going to be too uh, all that negative there. But but I think it's a, an attitude to have in life anyway. We should be able yes. to laugh more about things. I think often people aren't playful enough in their life and their business that uh, we we make everything everything that bit too dry, everything a bit characterless, yes. and it all starts to become bland and well, beige really. Yeah, and there's no such thing as perfect. I right. mean, it's it's taken me a very long time. I am I am an extreme introvert, and so this whole posting thing, this whole being on LinkedIn, I was a late adopter. But once you get the hang of LinkedIn, I really think it's an introvert's dream, because you can be sitting in your home in your pajamas. Um, and networking and doing business development. So it's seriously, you know, I don't have to go out and my networking doesn't seem to have suffered at all because of COVID. If anything, it's ramped up by about 50%. Um, So it, it really is an introvert's dream. So even introverts, and I think because we care so much and we're so afraid of making mistakes that we're even more conscientious about what we're putting out there on LinkedIn. I agree. I'm very introverted as well. And so that might, might explain a lot of why, why I appreciate LinkedIn so much. Um, but I, you know, I'm also much more very happy to put myself out there and, and, sometimes risk looking like a bit of a fool or an idiot if if it gets if it gets a message across or if someone learns something from it then that has to me that has all the value what led you on on this path to being involved in in LinkedIn the way that you are now being able to consult people oh dear that's quite the story um I got my MBA in 2010 And I moved to California to get a shiny new director of marketing job someplace. Well, that never happened. Um, Here in California, unless you know somebody on the inside and you have 10 to 15 years experience at that title, good luck to you. Um, So I took, you know, sharpening my skills, you know, great. You have this wonderful, you know, global emerging markets, uh, MBA and this marketing background, and you've been a director before. Great. That's wonderful. But things have changed. This is the world of the internet. So I took one internet class on um, what was on uh, Facebook ads and marketing. And I was like, wow, that's how that works. Um, And then I got involved um, writing curricula for a entrepreneur center here that was trying to help people that were over 50 
start their own business. And one small hour of this 12, um, 12 Saturdays <laughs> was this whole program, but one hour of that was LinkedIn. And I got so jazzed up about it that, and everyone in the class was like, LinkedIn is, is, is free? And we could promote a business using LinkedIn like a website for free? And so once a month, I taught a full day workshop for the Entrepreneur Center for all these budding new businesses. Um, and a year later, I went to the director and I said, oh, you know, Boku, I'm not really sure what my business is. I've taken every class you have to offer. And he's like, get out of my office right now. He's like, what about LinkedIn? Isn't that a business? Don't you love doing what you do? And I was still thinking like an employee. I hadn't owned my business. Right. From that moment on, I ran with that ball and never looked back. So that's really how, and, and I really focused from the get-go on coaches, consultants, independent entrepreneurs. So you've, you've had pretty much a, a natural draw towards teaching and consulting and working, working with people in that way, right? I, I was a high school teacher for 10 years. I don't admit that very often. <laughs> but uh, there's great skills to, to base everything on. It's like if you can communicate well to, to young people, especially at their most impressionable ages, <laughs> if you can be that clear to and young And the most people, distractible age. <laughs> right. I mean, in, in the world of public speaking, um, you know, these are things that you have to be able to do. You have to be able to... Um, potentially speak and get a message to what could be a very distracted audience i mean i kind of feel like everyone is distracted these days because yes. even, even when you're doing uh, a large presentation people were often on their devices and now with nearly everything <laughs> online there i know that from from webinars and live presentations that i do group coaching and things that uh, quite often i have to try and pull people back because uh, they're not always getting the responsiveness and they're probably checking their emails or they're on linkedin or facebook or something else uh, rather than being focused on what we're doing so so the ability to do that to keep people's attention and keep them wrapped in what you're talking about and to deliver a message clearly is is super important and it's a great a great foundational skill to have brought into your into your career into the future as well fantastic so you say you mostly work with like coaches consultants who are the what point do people come and find you or people people will be looking for you um, well, it really has been a lot of coaches and consultants, and, and it seems to be particularly people who have just left corporate and are starting their own business for the first time, and they really don't know where to start. And it, it is rather daunting. Yeah. Um, there's so much to do when you start a business. You know, how do you price things? How do you package things? How do you market things? How do you express yourself now that you don't have this corporate umbrella over your head. Right. Um, and that seems to be one bucket. Another bucket is um, well-established coaches and consultants that have ignored LinkedIn for a very long time and know that they can't do that anymore if they want to get to the next level. Yeah. So there have been a couple categories of people. And then I have a new one coming in younger entrepreneurs that really want to figure out how to do it right from the get-go. Sure. 
um, and realize that if they want to have a credible business that competes in the marketplace, they have to use LinkedIn in a very professional way. And they feel um, not as professional as somebody who might be 30 and 40. Um, and they want to know how to express themselves in a professional way so that they can be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think the first time I ever came across anyone who was really talking about utilizing LinkedIn and consulting on that was uh, Lewis Howes in, in his earlier days. Uh, and I don't think he, I don't know if he does too much around LinkedIn these days other than uh, promoting his own his own podcast. But uh, he seems that, that that's more the path of writing and podcasting that he's that he's gone in since then but i do remember him from his earlier days of specifically teaching linkedin and running workshops that that's uh, where, where i first met him in uh, one of his workshops in the uk but yeah i mean very cool guy but but even then i didn't really get where where it was at with linkedin as much as i do now because i think there are things that have changed about how it operates and and the interactivity of that site that weren't so much there before it really was more of a kind of place where i think the only interaction i got was uh, when i was job hunting for, for particular times but other than well, that, too much i went to facebook and now like you say moving away from that move, uh, not so keen on facebook don't like spending time there so much now and get a lot more value interaction on linkedin well the estimates are right now that over 80% of the activity in the news feed, and some people say as high as 87, is B2B. So the news feed is really, it's, it's really dominated by B2B. Now, less than 8% of the activity in the news feed is job seekers or recruiters yeah. or a hiring manager saying, we're looking for candidates for this, who would you recommend? You know, less than 8%. And you don't see people selling handbags and kombucha on LinkedIn. So B2C market is not as they might be building awareness for what they do. Um, but it really is a B2B market. So if what you do is B2B, if it's business services, goods and services for businesses, then you're doing your business, you're handicapping your business by not being active on LinkedIn. Yeah. You're limiting your growth potential. Okay. In terms of becoming active on LinkedIn, then, someone who may be tuning in and thinking, well, okay, I ha maybe have a profile, perhaps it needs a bit of work, uh, but haven't really been posting or interacting very much on LinkedIn. What are the best ways for people to get started with doing that? Uh, just reach out to people. You know, I suggest if you really want to start to get some interaction and some success right away on LinkedIn, send some personal messages. Now, here's the assumption if you get a personal message on LinkedIn rather than in an email. Number one is that it's going to be professional. There's not going to be a lot of chit chat. There's not, you know, it's going to be direct. It's going to be professional. It's going to be bite-sized. Number two, it's not going to be long. And general rule of thumb is if you're on your mobile, if it's more than one scroll, it's too long. No. <laughs> it needs to be broken up somehow. So people are much more responsive to messages on LinkedIn if they're active on LinkedIn. 
And more and more, I see people being very attentive to their messages on LinkedIn because, you know, going into your email box can sometimes be a horrifying experience. <laughs> oh my God, I have I'm too to busy. <laughs> it's yeah. much more a pleasant experience to go into your messages on LinkedIn and triage that. Right. So just sending, you know, who haven't you talked to in four months? Send a message to them, say, hey, I was thinking about you the other day when I was doing blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? It's amazing to me how easy it is to get fabulous responses if you're just real and sending messages. And once you start getting some responses there, you get motivated to do more. And so then back all of that messaging up with a posting strategy. So even if it's just three times a week and you do it consistently, and I would recommend Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, no one pays attention to very much on Mondays. (laughs) Sundays, if you're really an ambitious entrepreneur, you're getting ready for the week. And so you might peruse things and actually read a blog. Um, So Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays are very good days. And then just post something really short. Make one of them a 90-second video and just say, you know, a client came to me the other day and and here's what I think or here's what happened. Something very casual. Don't pressure yourself to have some huge, big thing. Just start really small. Brief. I, I like I like that. I like the strategy. So you think two or three days a week of posting is probably enough for most people? For most people. Now, I like to post at least once a day. I'm yeah. in the middle of a move, so my, my attention is distracted a little bit. So I'm not doing what I usually do. Um, but it depends on the size of your network and the activity of your network. Um, And that's one of the things that I teach in my group classes. It's kind of a formula. You decide um, and then you base it on the numbers, whether you're oversaturating or undersaturating. So for someone like me who has over just over a thousand connections and still looking to grow that, of course, but what what would be a a sort of posting, good posting strategy for, for someone at that sort of level? I would say the three days a week would be fantastic. So how often does your podcast come out? Uh, Twice a week. So there's two already. Yeah. And then something very personal on that other day. So I would say a podcast on Sundays and Thursdays and something personal. Just your musings about what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be business. Okay, because I've been doing a, a daily video schedule, which I must admit has been, I've been learning a lot from, and it's been a lot of fun, but, but I might actually be oversaturating my, my network for the level it's at, right? I, I think that the three days a week is solid, and then be really consistent. You know, yeah. if you could come up with a theme for that one day that you're doing something personal, um, I have a friend who's doing something, it's is called um, Keep in Touch Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so she just gives a tip and it has nothing to do with her business, 
but it's become very popular because it's just people are looking forward to what's Diane going to do this week <laughs> for Keep in Touch Tuesday or, um, you know, just something that's really lighthearted right mm-hmm. now. Anything that tells us a story about how somebody overcame something or gives us hope or uh, makes fun of what we're going through and is lighthearted. That's what people are consuming. That's what people are hungry for on LinkedIn. Yeah. I get that. And so, yeah, okay, I'm going to reevaluate my my strategy. I think I might be making life harder for myself than I need to be, creating more content than it might be uh, worth putting out. In terms of that quality, that well, quality is important. <laughs> I, 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 tell you, I do try to aim for both. But uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, but certainly you can improve quality if you if you don't aim for, for quantity so much. Um, in terms of posts, then, do you have, do you think, I know you said shorter posts are better, but are there a particular style of posts that tend to work better? Like, is like a short text post or a picture post or a video post? There, is there a style that tends to do better than others? All of that is changing right now. LinkedIn has just changed their algorithms again. Um, what I was experiencing for quite some time, for at least a year, was that posts that didn't have a photo were going further than posts that did. Mm. Now they've changed that algorithm to favor the ones with the post or with the picture as much as the ones without. Right. Video, of course, is what LinkedIn's focus is for favoring it in the algorithms. So your podcasts, anything that has some density to it, like a video or a podcast, is going to definitely get a little bit more juice in the algorithms than something that doesn't. Um, But what I'm seeing is ah, things that are real, things that are honest and maybe a teeny bit raw, are the ones that are really getting consumed. Lots of white space. You start out with a statement that pulls people in or you name an audience. You know, I think that's a courtesy to your audience. Mm. You know, put a title at the top. Tell people what it is they're going to read and they may give you 10 more seconds. (laughs) But really, really make it easily consumable. Right. Now, I also see people that are using emojis and you know mm. just really breaking things up with some color. That seems to be really popular, but I'm going to be very honest. It's all about the content. Yeah. It's all about the quality of the content. And are you hitting the mark with your target audience? Right. I think, you know, if I even just think about in terms of what I consume uh, online, um, I, I have no time for people who beat around the bush or who fill up their yeah. posts with unnecessary nope. information. Yeah, exactly. If you, like, if you can't get straight to the point, I've already moved on. So, so it, makes, it makes a perfect sense that if you're, if you're putting out content that isn't getting straight to the point, getting right to the heart of an issue or, uh, or isn't actually saying anything that's worth listening to, people are just going to scroll on by. And uh, and you might might find the road to uh, to LinkedIn stardom uh, a very slow one, <laughs> if that is a thing. Are there LinkedIn stars? I don't. I'm not really sure. I guess there must be some. There there are. There definitely are. Who who would they be? I mean, other than yourself, who are the people we should be following on LinkedIn? Well, 
You know, any there's a huge variety of people that I follow. Some of them are up and coming young voices that have just found LinkedIn, but are really being, I mean, truly raw and honest with what they're sharing. Um, and I'd be happy to share some of those names with you. I'm learning a yep. great deal just from watching them. But then there's tried and true, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and um, Sarah Blakely when she posts. It's she used to do this thing on Mondays where she would she would take a coffee cup, um, one of her coffee cups, and tell the story about the coffee cup. And they were brilliant. One of them that she posted right at the beginning of COVID was keep the little humans alive, talking about kids. Right. And she's like, at the end of the day, did we keep the little humans alive? <laughs> it was so good. I think she got like over 10,000 views on that, but it was just honest and open, you know, so anybody that's getting huge views like that, that's who you want to follow. What are they doing? Is there a photo or a video? You know, what are they saying? How do they start the post? What's the spacing? Is there a call to action at the end? What are they doing? Yeah, I I think one of the reasons why I think it's so important to follow those kinds of people who are being pretty well followed and also maybe being hopefully innovative on the platform as well or with the yes different is because it also gives you permission to do the same and to see we tend to follow more of what we see you know social proof is still a very uh, big part of our of our own natural influence that we're not always conscious of but uh, seeing that other people are putting out something, okay, I think I could do stuff in that sort of style and put my own take or spin on it. Right. Uh, that we sometimes need right. those inspirations. We need those trailblazers really to be able to do something similar in your own way. You still absolutely have to have your own spin though, because you know if, if you can't go online and pretend to be Gary Vaynerchuk without people calling you out for it. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to share things about my coffee mugs anytime soon. Um, right, it, ha- it has to be unique. But, but, you, know, you don't you don't necessarily have to have uh, those exact quirks or or you know just these something different. You just find those things for yourself and right. try stuff out. I, I guess is another thing. Just don't be afraid to try stuff out. I have to ask you about um, LinkedIn articles. Are they are they worth the time to? to oh, that's that's an interesting question. So, the blogging platform on LinkedIn has gone through lots of different changes and lots of ups and downs, and a lot of people have said that it's kind of a dead medium now, and I totally disagree. There are some people that are having great success with it, but there really is a formula or a way to use that platform to get a lot of attention to some of your blogs. So if you're just putting out a blog once a month or twice a month to get a blog out there, don't. But when you have something big to say, and especially if you have a video that goes with it, or some photos and you tell a photo story that goes along with it. Um, And then you link it to some other blogs. You know, if you want to hear more about that, here's the blog on that, you know, or you send them back to your website and you have a decent blog signature at the end that talks a little bit about what you're doing right now. Um, Blogs can be very, very lucrative. It's something I, I love writing and uh, and doing all that, but I, I've never really 
got to figuring out how to make blogs work for uh, for bringing in for bringing in income. So I might have to come and uh, do some learning with you and uh, see if I can actually. Uh, fix that in my own in my own marketing and strategy it's it's a commitment and a very specific strategy it's yeah. much different than the content strategy but it can be a part of your content strategy and your website strategy and your seo strategy there's many things that a blog can do for you so i truly don't think it's a dead platform yet yeah. Oh, don't, don't don't think it's a, a dead platform, but uh, sometimes wonder if it's if it's uh, is if it's been worth uh, the effort of putting out LinkedIn articles. Uh, I don't know how many people go there for for their article content. I, I have one client who does really well with her blogs. Yeah. Um, but they're short blogs, and they're truly honest and have great factual, well researched information. Great. Well, those are again people that are worth following just to get a sense of the style and what what's working and what you can emulate and hopefully be a bit a bit more like yourself. Wonderful stuff. What what sort of resources are available for people to to start finding out a bit more about how to get the most out of LinkedIn? Now, are there any sort of uh, free resources that people can access for help here? Uh, well, LinkedIn has their learning platform, and I think they allow you to do one or two courses off of that learning platform for free just to try it out. Um, of yeah. course, that's a paid model. Yeah. Um, it, there are so many LinkedIn specialists out there, and we all do something a little bit different. Um, but definitely check out our profiles on LinkedIn, because I'm sure all of us have provided resources. Um, I put some of my best resources right on my profile. Um, yeah. So all of my worksheets for professional branding are on my, my profile. Um, also check out our websites. And there's tons of Udemy and Coursera courses that can help you with LinkedIn. Um, but definitely check out people's styles and try to find somebody that's more of a match and then follow their content. Follow their content in the newsfeed, um, look at their infographics. And, you know, I have uh, masterclasses that come out every other month and they're 15 or $20, but it's a 90 minute session that's a deep dive on one topic. Um, so take advantage of those as well. There's yeah. so many LinkedIn resources. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. So right now is the best way for people to come and learn from you to connect with you on LinkedIn first? Or? I think that if you don't know what it is that you're going to be doing, it's best to work it through with a professional because you will waste a lot of time making a lot of mistakes. Sure. Now, the converse of that is if you know exactly what it is that you want to do, it's also best to hire a professional because they can tell you how to do it within that platform correctly so that you don't make mistakes there also. So I definitely think if you're really serious about using LinkedIn to build your business, to build your professional brand, find some consultant who speaks to your freak flag <laughs> and follow them. 
Uh, for, for any of our audience who want to get in touch with you, or we'll have a link to your LinkedIn profile and any other links that you provide, we'll add them into the show notes as well so people can come and find you very easily. And definitely you are going to be a good person for everybody to follow if they are at all interested in being active and successful on LinkedIn. So, so I really awesome. appreciate that. I, I like to ask all my guests, uh, if they have a book that they would recommend to other people, and it might not be about LinkedIn, it might be a, a nonfiction book or even a fiction book that you've enjoyed recently. But if someone asks you for a book recommendation, maybe at a networking meeting or something like that, what's the book that you most go to as a, that's the one to read? Wow. Boy, that is, you've caught me on the spot. Um, right now I'm reading a book. He's, he's not the best writer but the concepts that he gets to finally in chapter three and four are very interesting. And he, it's really a business building book. He talks about profit first. So he talks about different allocations of what you do with entrepreneurs are terrible with money for the most part. You know, we just want to do what we do actually running our businesses like a business. is more of an afterthought. It is um, the focus. So at least for me, I'm not good about, you know, I just want to serve my clients. I just want to work with my groups. That is the juiciest thing in the world for me to make decisions about which bucket my money is going in. That's not as interesting to me. Um, So I'm actually working with a money coach and a productivity coach, and they both recommended this book. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really starting to work on it. And it's the first time I've begun to get excited about accounting and money decisions. The first time. (laughs) So I guess that's a recommendation right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I've I've recommended uh, Profit First to a number of my own clients as well. And uh, every single one of them has come back and said, this is, this has really helped. This has helped me figure things out. You know, I, I work with uh, and have worked for, for a number of years now with uh, Harv Eker's organization. Harv teaches a money jar system for managing your personal finances. Um, but he's, he's known for that, but not so known for teaching about managing the, uh, managing business finances. And, and I think Mike Michalowicz lays it out very nicely in that book in a way that's very understandable. Um, and I uh, was lucky enough to to in, get to interview him earlier this year, and um, he was awesome. really, he was a really cool guy. And uh, we we had a great chat, and we talked about uh, some of his different books about writing. Is uh, uh, I'll I'll, I'll um, put that as the end video link for people who want to go and check out that chat with. Oh, Mark. fantastic! But, but yeah, he was uh, he was great value as a guest as well. But his all of his books, I've, I've gotten a lot of great value. Oh, his titles are they're very clever. Yeah, definitely very clever. So one thing that then to, to start to wrap things up for today is just to ask you what was a, maybe a closing message or a call to action, some thoughts that you would want to leave our audience with today. Your most valuable asset in your business is your professional brand. A strong professional brand makes sales conversations easy. They've already decided it's just a matter of you helping them to the right product or service. Strong brands speak for themselves. And the best time you will spend is building a strong professional brand. It will make 
everything. It will bring opportunities to you. It will close things quicker. It, it's, it just makes everything easier and more rewarding. Wonderful. And Angela, thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. You've been a delightful guest and you clearly know your stuff when it comes to LinkedIn and content marketing. I'm going to be following some of your advice and suggestions as well and making some uh, adaptations there too. And for anyone who wants to get in touch with Angela, check the show notes. We'll have all the links in there. You can find out more there. Go and connect with her on LinkedIn uh, as well yes. and, and follow all those wonderful people who are doing great stuff on that platform as well but for now thank you Angela for all your time today and everything you shared and we'll look forward to connecting with you again pretty soon thank you thanks for tuning in I hope you've enjoyed the show please remember to like and subscribe and if you have some feedback for us that could help us to improve the show please leave a comment or get in touch with me john at presentinfluence.com or come and find me on social media I'd love to hear from you if you think you'd be a great guest for the show or you know someone who would be, please let me know. That would be fantastic or put us in touch if you are in connection with someone who would be a great guest for our show. Tune in next week when I'll be speaking to Image Consultant and how to look good in your Zoom conference calls, Shelly Golden. You don't want to miss that chat. She's gonna give us the tips for how to look great on camera. So see you next time.